Welcome back to Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios of Relate365.com, and I'm talking with my good friend and partner for years, actually, Todd McElhaney. Uh, he joins me from time to time, and anyone younger can join me, so you can email me and say, I want to join you, and we'll see if we can set it up, <laughs> have a discussion about something. And Todd is uh, one who works at Silver Birch Ranch. What do you do here at Silver Birch Ranch? I kind of wear a lot of hats, but my, I guess, official title is media manager. So I do our promo videos and manage the website and do a lot of, uh, man. Where do you put uh, our promo videos? How, do, how does somebody find those? Um, we have a YouTube channel, and we also um, embed them on our website. So that's probably the easiest way. Um, and that's silverbirchranch.org? Yep, silverbirchranch.org. Um, I do a lot of the tech stuff too. I kind of tag team it with my brother and, um, yeah, do music on weekends, drive boats in the summer. <laughs> kind of yeah. You know, if anyone's going to get into ministry, you better get um, a lot of hats because you wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. Um, you, a camp like ourselves, we're never going to have, you know, full-time dishwashers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still going to need to do dishes and we're never going to have full-time boat drivers because... We can only drive a boat on our lake from 11 to 3, right. and it's only during you know two and a half months a year. So right, yeah. you're never going to have a full-time one, so people have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're always looking for volunteers that, can, that really know how to do those kinds of things, especially drive a school bus. Because we take young people from camp to the river, which is about a mile away, and then let them travel down the river and go pick them up, which is about uh, five miles away. And then bring them back. Not very much bus time, but you still have to be a certain age and have a CDL license and yeah. that kind of thing for it. So if you're looking for somewhere to volunteer this summer and you have a license like that, mm-hmm. go to— Yeah, speaking of serving. Yeah. <laughs> go to silverbirchranch.org, and there's a way to follow something and, and come and join us for the summer, or at least for a week of the summer or whatever it might be. You know, you're a musician, and you and I do a lot together. I'll speak, and you'll do the music. And uh, have you ever heard of the group uh, DC Talk? Yeah, I actually grew up on them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know of them as well. I don't know very much about the musicians themselves. So if you were to ask me before I read this article anything about the musicians in DC Talk, I would say I'm sorry. I... You probably recognize Toby Mac, though. Oh, really? He, he was part of that? Yeah. I do. I didn't know he was part of that, yep. though. Yep. Yeah, Toby and me, we're tight. <laughs> uh, no. You know why I say that? I was speaking at one of those big summer festivals once, mm-hmm. and so because I was speaking, I wasn't the main speaker. I, I was speaking, doing a bunch of seminars, but I got to go in where where they would give, you know, I don't know, free coffee to the guys speaking or whatever, and the bands would be in there mm-hmm. just waiting for their turn to go up on stage. And one morning I got there, and I was going over to have a cup of coffee and, you know, a donut or something, and I and, and sit down, and all of a sudden Toby comes and sits right next to me. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so, awesome. <laughs> like I said, we're buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we said a word to each other. I said hi to him. He said hi. And we, we talked to each other kindly back and forth and about life a little bit. But he was busy getting ready to go up, and I was busy eating my donut. So, yeah. <laughs> I you thought. Got, you guys are tight now. You are oh, yeah. best friends. Yeah. Well, when I left, I told my kids that, and they were, Dad, take us back there. And I said, No, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly. 
Uh, you know, me and Toby, we're tight, but I'm not sure he wants everybody to be yeah, as close yeah. as we are. We're friends and everything, yeah. but like part of that is just not treating him like a celebrity. Yeah, he that's wants, right. He wants to be treated like a normal that's person. Right. So. So Sorry, Tob- you can't see him. <laughs> so, Toby, if you're listening, man, I protected you all these years. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, if he walked in, the, in our studio today, I wouldn't recognize him. So I'd be in big trouble. You'd have to go, that's Toby Mack. I go, oh, really? I think I remember one of your songs, maybe, many years ago. I'm in that age bracket. Anyway, Kevin Max is a member. I want to read something I read. And and the reason I want to do this, I want to kind of give it a frame before I talk about it. I I really don't want to complain about any individual human being. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say this guy's a bum, whatever, so I'm not saying anything on that realm. What, What I want to do, though, is expose the fact that we need to think about what people say and be careful because somebody's a musician does not mean that they have all the answers for life and that we should follow everything they say. What? Yeah, I know. I know. That shocks you. <laughs> uh, no, I just think that that's a, a truth that uh, a lot of people in culture would do well to understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, what I have found through the years, that when I talk to guys my own, own age that have been around, and I do a lot of speaking and do a lot of things, and they talk about those who um, follow you or something or listen to you. Yeah. I usually put them in two categories. There, there are those that really hate me way too much and those that like me way too much. Yeah. And both of those are extremes. Both of those are bad. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, anyone who's doing anything like this, Kevin Max or as Todd is up front doing things, right? These, these are just really normal people that, have some ability that they've worked on and they're sharing it with you. But the, the hard part for everyone is to figure out how to disappear from that and have a normal life and not be the one that everyone looks at for all the answers. Now, with that being said, I do understand that Christianity and truth is spread by example. So the people that are in my life, I need to live a, an example, example, or what's the word? Exemplary life. You need to exempl- yeah, that word. exemplify it. Yes. And, and if I do that and I stand before God, I'll be, I'll be fine. Um, let me, let me read what I read. Kevin Max just did recently. I, and I'll just read from an article here. It said, Kevin Max, a member of the Grammy award-winning Christian band, DC talk recently stirred up controversy after identified himself as an ex evangelical which would be spelled E-X-V-N. And I understand that he might be concerned with something in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand that. I, I, I mean, there, if you're an evangelical, I'm not sure you even know what that means in our culture. So I'm not sure going away from being evangelical is something that I would even know what you just did. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure what he just said. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, he's not evangelical anymore, whatever it means. Yeah, because he's an ex-evangelical. Maybe he's going to start a whole movement of ex-evangelicals yeah. or something. I have no idea. Um, I do know what we think evangelicals are, but if you really want to know what an individual thinks, you need to ask them. Uh, it's kind of like me asking a, ch- a, a child or a young person or even someone from the, that, that you know, reads the Koran if they actually know what they believe. And a lot of times they don't. But they'll tell you something. So then they tell you something, but they don't even know what they believe or why they believe it. And it's like, okay, fine. 
Um, so I'm not sure what he meant by evangelical. Anyway, it goes on to say, leading many to think he has departed from his faith. In a tweet over the weekend, Max wrote the following, Hello, my name is Kevin Max, and I'm an ex-evangelical. That's all he wrote. So that leaves it up to all kinds of speculation. Yeah. For those who knew what he was. If I read that on Twitter and I don't, don't follow him, I would say, I don't know who this guy is, but okay. Then it goes on to say, on Monday, Max posted another tweet describing himself as, this is where I have the problem, because this is what he describes himself as. And before I just read that, remember, this is a guy that people look to because he's a musician and he's influencing others. I would just again suggest you be very careful what you say when you're in that position. Because, not because you need to agree with me, but one day everybody will stand before God for what they say, what they do, and how they influence people that they get to influence. And, and you influence people for some reason. I have no idea again why. They might like that you're a musician, maybe you're a good doctor, maybe you're a good lawyer, maybe you're a rich guy, poor, you know, whatever it is. Whatever the reason is, they, somebody looks up to you. And so you'll give an account for how you live and what you say. With that in mind, um, Max said this. On Monday, Max posted another tweet describing himself as anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro-life, pro-LGBTQIA, excuse me, but I don't even know what all those symbols mean, actually. Pro-BLM, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia, anti-white nationalist agenda, pro-equality, pro-vax, pro-music, anti-one-percenters, pro-poor, pro-misfit, (laughs) pro-Jesus. So, first of all, I'm wondering, why do I need to know that? I mean, I, I don't know why I need to know that. It's virtue signaling. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I don't know what, I don't know why I need to know it. You, you realize when people, in my generation, when you met somebody, one of the first things they, they never told you was, hi, I'm. All these things. Yeah, and, I, and I, here's my sexual preferences. Huh? You know, nobody started out the conversation like that. Yeah. And I keep wondering why in the world I need to know everything about you. I, <laughs> I understand that every person I ever met is sinful. I understand that. We all struggle with something. The first time I meet you, you don't have to tell me, you know, you have hair in your ears. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to know that. And anyway, whatever it goes to. <laughs> um, I, I wrote something here, so I, I want your uh, take on it after I read this. I said, you know, I'm afraid that Max is looking at the wrong problem. The problem is the fact that sin causes war, hate, LGBTQIA, and the like. He says he's pro-BLM. Well, the BLM is obviously spewing hate, closed-mindedness, and promoting narrow-mindedness. He said he's pro-poor and pro-Jesus. This sounds like just talk. Philosophically, these statements don't make sense because if you're truly pro-some of these things, you must be anti-the others. That's my concern. Today, we have a plethora of words going from people. And the words are so many and, and oftentimes so meaningless. That, and, and you pick out what you want and hang on it. Rather than looking at things that you have to be very careful to understand what was just said. Uh, let me give you another example, if, if I can. Are you familiar with Baylor University? Um, I just know it's college. Okay. It's, a, it's a Baptist college in, mm. I believe, in Texas, Waco, Texas. 
And recently, um, I'll read this again from an article, recently Baylor University made a decision to allow groups and clubs on campus that directly defy the school belief statements. So they, they basically say we can have a club that defies what we believe in. Um, remember, they're Baptist place, so Baptist churches, I believe Southern Baptist. I'm not sure if it's Southern, I think it is. And Baylor said they still support, but here's their statement, they still support purity and singleness fidelity in marriage between a man and a woman as the biblical norm. So they said, here's what we believe, but here's what we accept. Hmm. Which is interesting, because people are sending their kids there to learn how to live at a university in a Christian way that integrates Christianity with the world. Uh, but Dr. Jeffries, who is a pastor of a church, I believe in Dallas, but I'm not sure, but First Baptist Church, is warning Christians not to buy what the university is selling. You know, so hmm. now the pastors and the, and, the, and the university are... In the same denomination. Right, in the same denomination. and say, we got to be careful here. And again, yes, we, we need to be careful, um, but we also need to be aware that there are needy people around us. Um, however, how do we meet the needs and continue to live in a way that honors God and what he says, because there is a way it's meant to be. And if we live outside the way it's meant to be and we start to allow people to think that the way outside the way it's meant to be is just as valid as the way it's meant to be, we're going to have a whole bunch of heartache and upset people down the road mm -hmm. because there's no way that it can work if it's not the way it's meant to be. I think all of us in leadership positions need to be careful. Let me read a couple of verses to you. Um, James 1, 1 to 12 says, or James 3, 1 to 12 says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. It's, yeah, and that's Baylor, their, their university. This guy from, from D.C. Talk, okay, he's a guy that people listen to, so he'd be in that category. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. We look at ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds. They are guided by very small rudder, um, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member Yet it boasts of great things, how great a forest fire is set ablaze by such a small fire. Hmm. It's one thing to struggle with something. It's another to start to talk about it as if you know something that you don't know. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's one thing to wonder. For example, I'll give you a wonder. Um, I think that we in ministry, we that minister to people need to minister to all people including those who uh, you know, are gay, whatever it might be. We need to minister to them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we need to accept what's happening in their life. Mm -hmm. um, we need to be very careful to be able to say, here's how we protect. For example, your children are growing up. I need to be very careful in my position here, both as your friend, as your neighbor, and as somebody who runs a ministry with their, they're at, I need to be careful to set it up so they can be successful and see what truth is because mm -hmm. they're young and they're impressionable and i understand that yeah however i also need to be careful not to start choosing which sins i'll work with and which sins i won't 
Mm-hmm. So there's the dilemma right. at that point. Um, and, and likewise, it's not a dilemma that's unique to Christianity because it's something that's happening in society. What crimes put you in jail? What crimes do not put you in jail and why? Right. What are you basing it off of? Exactly. Yeah. So everyone's going to base something somewhere. Right. And somehow, you know, so someone, you know, so since nobody's perfect and there's sin in the world, how do we take care of the situations where we minister to people? Now, if I'm Baylor University and I'm trying to set up a unique atmosphere, and I'm setting up an atmosphere now where you, it doesn't matter what you believe, you can be a part of it, we, and we give you this kind of acceptance, then I'm no longer creating a unique atmosphere on my campus. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. If somebody wanted to be a part of the, um, those groups, there are other institutions that they can go to to be a part of it. Sure, yeah. So if I'm running Baylor, I'm saying, I don't need to be that institution. You can go somewhere else. I don't need to control you. I don't need to make sure, you know, I, if this is what you think is right, I, we do not think it's right. I don't need to hate you over that. I don't need to beat you up over it. Right, yeah. But I do need to say, you are free to get your education over there. Right. That's all. Why doesn't, your culture especially, why don't they accept that kind of thinking? I, they would still go after me if I said that. It's not enough, it seems, to just agree with um, people. or Yeah, even just agree. It's certainly not enough to just say, well, I don't. you do your thing and we'll do ours. It seems to be they need it to be celebrated. And there's this whole, you know, your truth, my truth kind of a thing. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. But truth is, like, in order for there to be truth at all, there has to be false. Right. And there has to be something false. And then what are you basing it off of? Because what makes your truth better than my truth when our truths contradict each other, you know? And I think that's where just people can't handle other people saying they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, is what it seems. Yeah, but here's the truth. Speaking of truth, as I've read the Bible through again at my age, I think I've read the Bible through at least 35 times, cover to cover. I actually know what it says. I believe that those who want to live a homosexual lifestyle are wrong. I believe that God will not bless that. There's really nothing that you can say to change that. I am not going to change what I think because there's been so much reinforcement in the Bible that this is the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that, um, I think a lot of Christians miss the opportunity to bring it back to the gospel. You know, we right. get, we get so caught on like, that's the sin above all other sins that is, you know, it's like, you know, that separates you from God, just like stealing a pack of gum from the grocery store. Right. And so I think rather than like, treating it like oh my goodness this is the unapproachable like the thing we speak of but do not name kind of a thing right and i think it could just be like well you know when asked about it it's like yeah it's wrong bible says it's wrong right but here's the good news right you know it's i mean i sin too in maybe different ways but it's all covered by jesus and i think people i heard (laughs) 
I heard Vody Bakum say like he's like if anybody has to address homosexuality, they always do it like it dies the death of a thousand qualifications. Right. So like, well, I have friends who are yeah. gay or you know, yeah. I have relatives and I love gay people and blah blah blah. He's like, just say what the book says. Yeah. Which I mean I think is you know awesome. That's what we need to do. Like it wasn't me who made it up. God, this right. is what God said. But I think we need to do it in a gracious, loving way, saying, you know, this separates us from God, just like lying, stealing, right. cheating. You know, so. And and the real interesting thing is someone, even my age, who's read the Bible like that is saying, you know what, I understand. I, I'll go out to coffee with you. I, I wouldn't mind sharing the Bible. I, we can go fishing together. I don't care. That's fine with me. But. I also am not going to start a club for you. Mm-hmm. For, for right, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to start a club for people who lie either and say, right, you know, yeah. if you're a liar, let's have our club where we get together. I'm not going to start one for rapists. I'm not going to start one for, why? Oh, you're going, oh, my, you're comparing us to that? No. If you listen to what Todd said, every sin is sin. Mm-hmm. Lying, stealing a pack of gum. It all it, Yeah, we're not yeah. going to say to anybody, we're going to normalize this. Right. So I don't think that Baylor should be normalizing that. It's what I'm saying. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. And I think that they're not evil if they don't. Uh, I mean, if they don't, if they say I'm not going to do that, they're not evil. They're say, and they're not not loving. They're saying, look, we think there is a way it's meant to be. So on our campus, if Christian schools and universities are going to start to lose their unique atmosphere in which they can give their students then there's no reason for students to go there anymore. If, if they really are only going to go to school to get challenged academically, they can go wherever they want then. Mm-hmm. The uniqueness, uh, the pandemic showed this at Christian schools especially. You know, during the, the pandemic, there were many schools who, who had to open virtually. And so if you go to a Christian school, let's say you sent your two sons to a Christian, your three sons now, excuse me, I'm still in the past here, uh, your, <laughs> right. your three sons, let's say you sent them to a Christian school. And, and all of a sudden the school said to you, we're going virtual. And there's tuition for that school. So let's say just generally a thousand bucks a year. So you have three kids, you're spending $3,000 a year and they're doing their school at home and you and your wife have to do all the work with them and you're doing it. What they're finding, again, is the reason people send children to Christian schools isn't the academics. It's the atmosphere. You start messing with the atmosphere, you start deteriorating, taking away from the reason they were sent in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because academics can be, uh, uh, somebody who doesn't know Jesus at all can teach math. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that doesn't change. No. And if you're going to go virtual... There's no environment. Why would you pay for a Christian school to go virtual with you when you can get it free places, you know, from the state as far as the education goes? And some might start arguing, well, they teach science from a different viewpoint. I understand that. There's going to be much that your children will learn from the yeah. world around them, and you as parents are still ultimately responsible regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, so my whole point is I think that Baylor could get to the point where they say, we love all the students. We really would love these students to be here, but we're not going to make accommodation for them as far as that club mm-hmm. because we think it's wrong like other things that we think are very clear in the Bible. There are some things that aren't clear in the Bible. I think that's one of the things that is clear. 
mm-hmm. in the Bible. Um, not only that, if I'm the DC talk guy, Max is his name, I guess. Kevin Max, yeah. I'm going to understand that I'm going to stand before God one day for everything I say because for some reason people um, are being influenced by what I say, mm-hmm. whatever it might be again, uh, whatever the reason might be. And in Matthew 18, 6, Jesus says, but whatever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. When I read that verse, I think, That's pretty serious. Yeah, God, you, you take vulnerable children, those who are vulnerable in our culture, you take them very seriously, and those people who hurt them, you take that seriously. I need to take that seriously. And again, that's why I think that you know, you heard the phrase, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid or whatever it might be. I, I think that Christians, yes, there there are people that need to help young people like yourself, like myself or whoever else, help you raise your kids. And we always have to remember that if we influence your children in any way that will cause them to run from God and do what's not right, we'll answer to God for that. Mm-hmm. Because whether I like it or not, just because I drive a little John Deere Gator, I influence your children. Mm-hmm. And I need to take that and understand that. And so here's what I do when I understand it. I adjust my behavior in front of them. And then I realize it's not just in front of them. I am forever going to be associated in their minds with somebody who loves God, teaches the Bible, Christianity. I need to have a marriage that works. I need to have a disposition that works. I need to be a servant. Because if they, just because I drive a gator, if they start acting out in ways they shouldn't because they're watching me, then I will answer to God for that. And God doesn't like it when we use our power, our position, whatever whatever the reason, even if it's because you have a gator, what, mm-hmm. whatever right. the reason. Yeah. So I encourage this uh, Max and I encourage Baylor leadership to think through their issues differently and to think, okay, what do I say? Why do I even need to be on Twitter to say all these things? If I really am working through this, can I find someone I can work through it with mm-hmm. and not necessarily yeah. plaster it all over Twitter while I'm doing it? Right, yeah. And he might say, well, I'm trying to be vulnerable. I, there's... There's a difference when you're a public person. There's no vulnerability public-wise. People will take what you say and start using it to support their belief system. Something I heard really good about social media and stuff is share your scars but not your open wounds. Right. Wait till you've worked through it. If you want to be vulnerable and say, here's what I learned and grew through this, you can do that. But when you're going through something, it's best to process not Yeah, absolutely. And I hope nobody hears me... Um, trying to get on and say I don't like Max I don't know if you know who he is if he walked in the room so I'm not sure I like, that's not my point mm-hmm. I think my point is for any leader any leader including you and your wife Todd is those who mostly influence your children you have the most influence over them just realize that one day both of you will stand before God and give an account of how they lived you say oh they have their own decisions I understand that but you make sure that your life is such where you give them no reason to run from God 
Otherwise, you'll be accountable, I believe, and so will I. Well, thanks for listening. This is Younger Older again, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. We're on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, and I encourage you to go look up those websites and see what we're doing to serve people. You can also go to Relate365.com and download these podcasts. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.